Hey guys, what's up everyone? Welcome to Young Titan World. Hope you guys are having a fantastic day. Today we're going to be talking about the movie that just came out about a few days ago. We're talking about none other than the magnificent Five Nights at Freddy's, brother. That was an absolute masterpiece. I mean, I keep on saying everything is a masterpiece. But this was not necessarily a masterpiece, but it was what the fans of Five Nights at Freddy's needed to see. Alright? Now, it's, uh, it was directed and produced by Scott Cawthon and Bloomhouse. And if you know Bloomhouse there, they're, 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 they're into the scary shit, you know? Like, they're, they're part of that tribe. But let's talk about Five Nights at Freddy's, right? Now... It's been a while, I mean, it was a year when they announced that they were going to make an actual movie about the thing. And everyone was excited, everyone was thrilled. It's like, yes, yes, it's crazy. But, you know, the annoying thing about this is that there are these critics out there that make assumptions based on what they think is right. You know, it's almost as if I'm talking to the mirror right now. But the point is... When it came out, it got like a really bad, I think 23%, and for the critics, and, you know, for the audience, they actually enjoyed it. I mean, I thought that it was an amazing piece, and IGN was saying that it was like, what, uh, part, it was supposed to be just about the jump scares, but it's not. It's not. I, I feel as if every Five Nights at Freddy fan of FNAF fan would automatically feel like there needs to be a deeper story, and that is what Scott gave us. He gave us a story that was about these kids, because at the end of the day, you know, when you're done with the game and the jump scares and the final cutscenes from all of the freaking games, you're still dealing with children. Children that are attached to gigantic animatronics and their lives are on the line. But anyways, let's just go on with the review, alright? So, the entire movie is about this guy uh, who has a sister slash daughter who he's taking care of and uh, he doesn't really have a good demeanor, alright? He punches people's dad's children. I mean, he punches people's children. Wait, what? No. He punches dads who have children. Yeah, that's what he does. And, um, they don't like it, so they kick him out of his job, he has to go find another job, and then he meets Steve Raglan. Now, I think, I honestly think, that those who are deeper into the FNAF lore, the ones that read the books, the ones that do the side quests on Mega Mode, like, these are the people that really know who Steve Raglan really is. So as we started, um, the, uh, the movie, we realize that Steve Raglan is just a counselor, you know, he's just, he's just trying to get my man Mike a job. At first, when I had Michael, I was like, oh, is this Michael Afton, his son? And I was like, no, that's not his son, you big blooming idiot. That is another person, Michael Schmidt. And Steve Raglan was like, he stopped in his tracks and he was like, oh my gosh, what? Steve Schmidt, I mean Michael Schmidt, that kid, ah, I murdered your little brother. That's so crazy. Well, I mean, you can still take care of the animatronics that stuffed out of dead bodies inside. 
So you get the job! The pay isn't great, but you get the job. And at first I thought Steve Raglan was just the phone guy. So maybe in the lore, phone guy is actually Michael Acton. Who knows? I don't know. I definitely am not Matt Pat because it's just a theory in game theory. Wait, I'm not saying that shit right. Anyways, the reason why I'm super excited is because I actually got to see Matt Pat and after these months and days of watching his content, hello internet, welcome to Game Theory, a show that gives you so much pleasure. Um, yeah, like, after watching all of that for such a long time, I just, it's so fulfilling to see that he's in the movie that starts it all. So we realize that, yeah, he's trying to get the job. Uh, he can't really bring his daughter slash sister to the workplace, so he lives in alone with a person who is going to be willing to be a babysitter. But turns out, she's actually just a mole put in by the aunt who wants to take the daughter slash sister away from him so that she can get the money at the end of the month because there's different things that the government gives you if you have a kid that you're taking care of. You know, I, I've forgotten the name, but I'm sure you can leave it down in the comments if you are much more sensible than me. Now, the second thing is, or like, as we continue with the story, we realize that, um, you know, uh, Five Nights at Freddy's is real. They give us the story, and it makes it so beautiful because I feel this has the potential of having prequels, sequels. It, it, it has its own universe that needs to be manifested in the movie industry. You know what I mean? It's like manga being turned to anime. It's just that kind of thing. There is so many stories that can be turned. I think Matt Pat was hoping that he was going to hear something called Remnant. But Remnants didn't really show because I guess Scott was just trying to um, blue ball everyone else. So that, I, I don't know, like, he just throw him off. Anyways, with that being said, there are multiple things that happened within the movie that made it incredibly interesting from the start. Now, um, so we realized that, yeah, uh, Aunt is trying to sabotage the bro so that she gets the kid. So she decides that she's going to mess up his job as a security guard at Five Nights at Freddy's. Now, that being one of the most dumbest plans in the history of the world, especially when she should have probably known. I mean, she was that age where she should have heard that there was something that went down on at Five Nights at Freddy's. But maybe she didn't know where she was working. That's why this entire plan was absolutely doomed from the start. So, they rush in there, they're like, okay, let's go break some shit. They go in there, they break down shit, boom, 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 boom. And then, you know, my, our favorite animatronics there wakes like, who the fuck came into our block, bro? Well, let's go fuck them up real bad. And when I say fuck them up real bad, I don't mean beat them up and leave them in a, you know, a bloody stupor or something. No, I'm like, I'm talking about kill them, chop them to pieces. You know, reenact the bite of 87, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's the shit, that's the shit right there that made me fall in love with the movie instantly. Now, yes, there were a little bit bleary parts that I didn't really side with most of the time. But yeah, so yeah, they beat them up real bad. The girl decides to follow a little kid in into the alley or like into one of the rooms and she gets herself chopped into two pieces by Freddy, which always... I don't know, it, I keep seeing that scene over and over again, because it was just so well done. She tries to just go closer to the mouth, 
because she hears something coming from it. And then when she puts her head there, it's just falling and chopper into two. Boom! Now, next thing that we're going to talk about, I mean, like, not the next thing, but we're just continuing with the movie review. Alright? So far, so good. Alright? So realize that since uh, Baby Sister is in, like, uh, she's, uh, you know, beside herself, literally, um, it's now time for uh, daughter slash sister to get introduced to the um, ghost-possessed animatronics. And it's really that moment where we actually get to see how much of kids they really are. Like, we're not talking about these monsters that are okay with killing people who decide to desecrate their area. I mean, like, technically, if you were in that same situation, you would pummel some ass real good. They just decided to vent their frustrations in a way that, you know, would probably be illegal if you did it. But, you know, um, so, daughter slash sister of the security guard gets to actually meet, um, the Five Nights at Freddy's animatronics. Uh, they also get to meet these policewoman, who, at first, I didn't want to believe, but that was Vanessa. Vanessa being the daughter of Michael Afton is kind I mean, William Afton is kind of, I don't know, I guess I've never really fully invested myself into the lore, but that, that, that's some game changer shit, isn't it? Like, I, I, I never really thought of it that way, but fine, I guess we're assuming that Vanessa is, in fact, William Afton's daughter, and from what we can gather from this, it's actually apparent that she's trying to ward off Mike, uh, from going down that path, which is going to cause him to, uh, lose himself in the Five Nights at Freddy's madness, which is clearly something everyone is trying to do in this movie. Now, when we get to the part where the kids, or at least the daughter slash sister starts playing with the animatronics, it's like, it's like they, they could do no wrong. They're just happy little dead kids that are playing with a live kid and now they want her to join him. Now even during that time where they were playing and they were having fun and it did seem like it was wholesome, I was inwardly scared. I was like freaked out. I was afraid. I was like, oh, oh my god. What if they just switch? Because that's how shit happens, you know? You, you're in a comfortable spot and then boom! Chopped into two pieces, you know? You, you never know what's gonna happen. And that's exactly what I was feeling every time I was watching that scene. So, um, let, let's just skip to the ending, alright? Skip to the ending and we realize that there were two parts of this that I didn't really understand. Because I thought Afton was already, tr was already like, I don't know. I kind of thought that he was already, uh, how do I put this? In Springtrap, okay? When, when I was watching, I saw him come out and he was in the suit. I was like, oh my god, this already happened, you know? The, 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 the spring, the spring mechanism has already got to him and he's already part of the suit. But he wasn't part of the suit, at least not at that moment. And then he moves it and it's like, boom, there he is. And then we start seeing him getting, you know, actually getting, uh, capped like, like, I'm sorry, but that was a very, very, um, confusing and disturbing moment, but at that point where we see him being melded, or at least being forged, or how do I put this, <laughs> being ripped 
into being part of a spring trap, I did not like that scene. I gotta be honest. I did not like that scene. It was not a great scene for me because he said, I always come back. It was really great. He really said it with a lot of ease. But I kind of find, I kind of thought that that wasn't the moment to say it. I kind of figured that he, he would say that when, you know, shit was going to. And why did he put the helmet on? Like, if that thing is killing you, don't you want a way to breathe? Why would you put on a mask like that if it's also going to, like, clamp on your face? I kind of felt like he should have done that whole scene with the head on. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's just my opinion, bro. Uh, so that's the only part of the movie that threw me off. But the rest of it was amazing. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, I'm sorry I spoiled it for you. But chances are you won't even remember this review once you're done. So you take care of yourself and you have a fantastic day. My boss is in and I've got to bounce. Thank you guys so much for watching. This is Young Titan and I hope you guys have a fantastic day. Young Titan out. Thank you for listening. Bye.